Is there a new number one receiver in Green Bay? Which sleeper tight end in the NFC East should you look long and hard at before you submit your lineups for week four? And which sleeper quarterback is actually a better start than Joe Burrow coming up this weekend in the FFPC? Plus, the seventh place team in the FFPC main event, John Hallis is going to drop by to talk about how he constructed his team, his toughest lineup decision that's facing him this weekend, and much more. We've got a great show for you. Farrell Elliott is here. I'm Eric Balkman. Stick around. Your high-stakes fantasy football hour starts now. Can't stand the pressure. I've seen greater men Broadcast live and heard around the world, you are now watching the most entertaining hour of radio on the planet. Welcome to the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com with your hosts Eric Balkman and Farrell Elliott. The High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour is your home for analysis from the best players in the world. And now, because no one else was available, here are Eric Baltman and Farrell Elliott. Solace in the scripture, are we not all our father's sons? I became a man, nobody ever told me what a man was. Welcome in and thank you to Rob. Greetings and salutations to all the Balkaholics and for LEX. Tuning in into the episode tonight, welcome to the latest show of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour, which as always is presented to you by the Fantasy Football Players Championship, myffpc.com. I'm your slightly above average host, Eric Balkman. I'll bring in my co-host shortly here. As a reminder, if you guys are looking for weekly action, look no further than myffpc.com. myffpc.com. Play the FFPC Weekly Challenge right now. No draft, no salary cap. Just choose 10 players if you want to play without kickers and defenses or 12 players if you want to play with kickers and defenses. Buy Sunday's kickoff and just watch them ride through the weekend's games. Remember, you can only pick one player per team, just like we do in the FFPC World Famous Playoff Challenge. You can enter for $200. You can enter for $35 as well, and you can win up to $2,500. That's at myffpc.com, myffpc.com. Sign up today, register now, and have a lot of fun in week four. Add on at Supplement. These are the um, the enhancements. When you go to a steakhouse, you know, they always have the enhancements listed on the menu. The weekly challenge is the enhancement for the FFPC for all your season-long games. Get that blue cheese crust. Get the peppercorn crust. Whatever you want. Get get uh, get get it uh, Oscar style. What, you know, we have a, a plethora of options to choose from from the, uh, from the weekly challenge. My mouth is starting to water. I skipped dinner tonight so there might be more than a few food references on tonight's show remember uh maybe you won't want to do this now but remember to like this video subscribe to the channel comment on the video share it with your friends and enemies and get notified every time we go live here on the ffpc youtube channel let's bring him in right now ladies and gentlemen he is the definitive commissioner of fantasy football you should be checking out the kffsc.com kffsc the kentucky fantasy football state championship the incomparable, the one, the only, Farrell Elliott. Farrell, welcome in. Happy uh, last show of September. And the next time we go live, my friend, it'll be October already. That was some brilliantly thought out and planned and adjective-laden introduction. Thank you, Balky. Uh, You're welcome. Man, it is football crazy. Uh, we have University of Louisville tonight on ESPN. We have the Canadian Football League uh, playing on my telephone. But there's nothing I would rather do than talk to you, Balky, about because you know, that's where the real stuff is. Yes, and and it's and it's short. Like we can't like a Louisville football game lasts three three and a half hours, right? Four, Canadian football three four, four hours four hours. Yeah. For halftime, 
And I thought Usher was, you know, doing a haltime show or something. What, why is it so, you know, why do they have 30-minute halftimes? I don't understand. Um, yeah, uh, we, uh, I don't think Usher, I think Usher's just going to get warmed up for Las Vegas coming yeah. up. Um, He's got a pretty in, good gig there. Yes, he does. I, and we're, t- I was, I can't remember who I was discussing this with, but somebody's like, the NFL is going to find a way to make Taylor Swift, like some sort of special guest appearance for the, for the Super Bowl halftime show this year. And I said, she can't do that because she would upstage Usher. She's like the biggest star in the world right now. And I didn't want to have to talk about her, but because we have a fantasy football podcast, we are contractually obligated to mention Taylor Swift at least once. I've done it twice now, so we're done with our live reads. Well, we are, we are actively recruiting Swifties to play in Kentucky next year, and Swifties come in all ages, and that's what you got to love about them. And, you know, they're, they're equally passionate to our fantasy players, so mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of commonalities there. Yeah, there's a, I noticed that when, when, um, when Taylor Swift was at the Chiefs game, I think – Travis Kelsey's picked up like 200 some thousand followers on the X. So clearly there is a crossover between Swifties and fantasy football and invite all those Swifties to check out KFFSC.com. Coming up, uh, coming up on tonight's show, we're going to discuss whether tank Dell is a must start this week, whether you need to look at getting an AFC South stud out of your lineup, maybe more than one. We'll get into that uh, coming up. And then Jeff Hallis, the, uh, uh, leader in the ffpc main event after week two he is now in seventh place in the main event heading into week four he's going to join us uh we're going to wrap with him uh, about his surprising quarterback start this week maybe not so surprising whether gerald everett has legs this week without mike williams and much more that is all coming up on the program tonight jameer gibbs farrell let's talk about thursday's night's debacle uh for the green bay packers but i want to i want to focus this on jameer gibbs because he was drafted so highly by so many FFPC players this year, um, pretty much a third-round pick. I saw him go in the second round, end of the second round in a few drafts. Eight rushes for 40 yards last night. He had four catches for 11 yards on five targets. He touched the ball 18 times the previous week against Atlanta, and that was without David Montgomery. Montgomery was back this game. Montgomery, who was questionable with a thigh injury, set a career high in carries with 32 last night. I think it's pretty clear. Um, whether we like it or not, we need to roll with the punches here with um, Dan Campbell trusting David Montgomery, wanting to utilize David Montgomery. Um, and, and Jameer Gibbs is simply a change of pace, maybe a third down guy uh, at this point. Maybe he's just a flex, which which stinks for anybody who invested into Gibbs. Hi. Hello. I'm the problem. It's me. Last Taylor Swift reference of the night. I promise you. Actually, I'm not going to promise that it could happen again. But <laughs> but, um, but but here's the thing. Like, I, I think. As as painful it is it, as it is, do we need to start looking at potentially benching Jameer Gibbs going forward because of what we saw on Thursday night? Or was this just simply a domination of the Detroit offensive line and David Montgomery, a one-off, if you will, and Gibbs still has to be started every single week? Absolutely. You start Gibbs every single week. What happened um, in this game? The game was too easy for Detroit. What was it, Balky? 24 to 3. I know you don't want to relive it. 27 to 3. 27 to 3. So you got a situation that you're playing Thursday football. So what happens when you're playing Thursday football? You are not um, you're not dealing with the whole install. All the coaches that have their meetings and their ideas of what they want to do. That's put off to the following week. You're on a short week. So you get in the game and something's working with a rested player who says, hey, coach, I'm feeling good and I'm feeling loose. And that pass rush was getting after the quarterback early. And you remember the quarterback made some bad decisions early. 
you know, and, and uh, so, yeah, everything, everything that was working was, was the right call. You know, if, 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 if it ain't broke, don't fix it. That's the, what Detroit did for the game. Uh, you, they will not resist moving Gibbs back to greater touches. And, you know, Gibbs may have a game that looks much like uh, what we saw for the other running back. So, you know, keep your Gibbs in there. You're going to be fine. Could be a big-time get-right game in week five for Jameer Gibbs as they host the Carolina, the 0-3 Carolina Panthers at 1 p.m. next week. So, yeah, keep the faith with Gibbs. Uh, hopefully, like, you're hit with buys and injuries. You're forced to start him less. I, that's what I always like, Farrell, is, like, when I'm thinking about benching one of my studs, I'm like, God, I wish I had some injuries or bye week issues where I, I don't even have the choice to bench him. That could be the case next week with four teams on bye. More to come mm-hmm. on next week's high school. I would accuse you of being overthinking if you started thinking about benching Gibbs. The reason you drafted Gibbs is because you love the athlete, and that athlete's going to get to show his thing during the season. I feel like we have this every year where somebody drafts a player high, uh, a team drafts a, a player high in the NFL draft, and then after a couple of weeks of, of non or miss usage, we start complaining. Why would they even draft this guy if this is how they're going to use him? And usually, by and large, by the end of the season, they end up working that guy in. It's mm-hmm. pockets. It's windows. This guy is not going to be rode hard every single week and expected to, to, to carry a heavy load every single week. Look at what Detroit did last night. It was working with Montgomery. 120-some yards, three touchdowns. Packers' defense could not hold a candle to him. There was no reason for to, to, to deploy Gibbs, right? Um, so keep the faith on Gibbs. I think next week could be a big game for him. I'll tell you who had a big game last night as well. Romeo Dobbs, mm-hmm. 13 targets. He catches nine of them for 95 yards, and this is with Christian Watson out there. Now, we know Watson and both Watson and Aaron Jones were on snap counts last night. Uh, Watson played, I think, less than half the offensive snaps. I'd have to double-check on that, but it was close if it wasn't. But Dobbs, this was a career night for him. Personal best in both targets and yards. Almost had a touchdown late in the fourth quarter, but there was a miscommunication there when the pressure was coming on Love. Um, he threw it to Dobbs. Oh, yeah. Dobbs had already broken off his route. To go to a wide-open space in the end zone didn't work out. That'll come with time. Could have been a huge night for for Romeo Dobbs, he'll have to settle for a great night instead. Uh, Dobbs has 25 targets over the last two weeks. Uh, I, I know I should bite my tongue. I know you don't care about targets, but yeah, I, do. I love uh, targets. Okay, you do. Uh, you do like targets, and and this is kind of like what we saw last week um, against the Saints, where he had a lot of production at the end of the game. I've heard some fantasy pundits out there tell me that Romeo Dobbs is actually the number one receiver out there, and not Christian Watson. I'm not fully on board with that right now. But again, when we're talking about high stakes fantasy football and trying to get the best guys that you have in the window where they're succeeding, Romeo Dobbs is in a window right now. He gets the Raiders on Monday night football, and I think it's going to be very difficult to sit him, especially with four teams on by Farrell. I loved what I saw from Dobbs. Some of those things are correct. The most correct thing you said that I I will temper with a, a footnote uh, only a Packer fan could call that almost a touchdown for Romeo Dobbs. <laughs> only a Packer fan. So there's my footnote. Now, I will say this. Uh, let's return to that score again, 27-3. to three. The mm-hmm. team did a good job. Detroit did a very, very good job of rolling the secondary towards Watson. So the quarterback was smart enough. He's a young player. They're asking him to play with discipline. He's smart enough to take what the defense was giving and what they were giving was Romeo Dobbs underneath. And he still had to work for it because there's some good corners on that Detroit team. But I think that 
um, you factor in the fact that there's a Musgrave injury. You factor in the, that there was nothing in the running attack, just absolutely nothing. So you're in a situation where Dobbs is definitely going to have a big game. Now, you, you said something with Watson out there. Dobbs doesn't have a big season without Watson being on the field with him. Hmm. Yeah, because this is a great one-two punch. And I believe in this player. I've, I've loved this player. Uh, shameless uh, reach outreach to come play in our KFFSC Super Bowl League uh, on Super Bowl Sunday weekend because uh, the players were drafting him in the 18th, 19th, 20th round. We were close to Valentine's Day. I was giving out hints. I said it's a romantic name. You know, you couldn't get a lot of people fighting on the uh, receiver out of Nevada. Um, but, but, yeah, there's a lot of what you're saying here is right. I think that listeners need to understand, at least from my perspective, and they may agree with me, may disagree with me, but at, when when you're going to play against better defenses and when you're going to play in a game like this, and, and give the Packers credit, they got back in the game, they got the fans moving, Detroit stopped them, look, Dubs is going to score a lot of fantasy points this year. He's going to get some in situations like we were in last night. But with Watson on the field, he's going to draw the rolling safety in most of these coverages. Uh, on cover two, he's going to be open because there'll be a lot of space. Uh, did, did the Packers play Pittsburgh this year? Do they play Pittsburgh? If I they believe. do. They if do they not. Do. They do not. I'm sorry. They do not. Against that coverage that Pittsburgh has, mm-hmm. Romeo Dobbs would have 200 yards. So, it, wow. you know, it, yeah, because he can. He's he's a very good receiver at finding the spots in the secondary. The quarterback's good at getting the ball. A lot of these talk about receivers. You know, when when you weren't drafting Watson and when you weren't drafting Dubs, there's a lot of guys that, that didn't believe in the quarterback. We've believed. We've had belief in this quarterback all through the year, Balky. And yeah. you know, if you drafted these receivers, you're going to be way ahead because the quarterback's a good quarterback. Uh, and, and, I, and I think he showed promise in the second half. He's been inconsistent so far. We we knew that that was going to happen. It's going to continue to happen so far this season. But in, inconsistent as an NFL quarterback, consistent as a fantasy performer. That's that's exactly right. Could not have put it better myself. Um, speaking of inconsistency at quarterback, I think Deshaun I heard you say that. I think Desha- I heard you say that. Yes, you, you did hear me. Yes, Deshaun Watson. Officially listed as questionable for the uh, for the Ravens game uh, this Sunday. Um, now he actually spoke with reporters. Mary Kay Cabot had this story from the Cleveland Plain Dealer. Um, he said, "I'm okay. I'll play." Now, when he practiced today, Farrell, he he didn't do much. Like he had a couple of throws. He stopped. He talked to trainers, and then Dorian Thompson Robinson took over. Now, I I don't necessarily I I think Watson is an easy sit in in FFPC KFFSC leagues this week. Um, when you're only at the start one quarterback, what becomes interesting, two things become interesting here. Number one, if you're in a super flex league, I think Dorian Thompson Robinson is interesting. If Watson ends up being ruled out, I don't know if he will be, but the big thing here is what are you doing with guys like David and Joku? What are you doing with guys like Elijah Moore, Jerome Ford, Amari Cooper? If, if Watson does not go, or if he re-enters the shoulder because he couldn't finish practice today, are you a little bit skittish about starting these guys? Now, I, I think that if you're loaded at wide receiver, um, certainly you can make the case that, okay, maybe I'm, I'm not going to play Cooper. I think by and large, most people are playing Cooper. Yeah. But Jerome Ford, David Njoku, Elijah Moore, these are tough decisions based on what's going on with the quarterback. 
Why don't you weigh in on this? How would you handle it if you owned any of those Browns players? I've, I'm fascinated by this. Uh, this was probably on, on draft day. This was a thing that I did not understand. I'm talking about NFL draft day. Mm-hmm. I cannot believe that Thompson Robinson was still available in the fifth round. And then when Cleveland picked him, it made so much sense. And now this week we're talking about him taking the field. And I love this player. I, I've always – I think he's tough. I think he's versatile. He makes dynamic plays in the field. The the, the knock against him from the scouting community – is he, he would get out of control. He lacked discipline, uh, game awareness. That was a problem for him. And it's very interesting they're playing Baltimore because that was the same thing that the scouting community said about Lamar Jackson with the exception of the Ravens. That's why he was still available there in the first round. You know, I think this guy could have easily been drafted like Lamar Jackson was. It only takes one GM to love you. And these guys passed on him, I, I don't know, fifth round, 140th player. It's a very, very good quarterback. Uh I like his strength, uh, the way he the way he gets rid of the ball, timing and touch. He was a player that I enjoyed watching most in preseason. So if he plays, I'm not worried at all. You know, he probably got very limited reps with Amari Cooper. Mm-hmm. And so he's he's probably sitting there looking at all this film and goes, you know, one of these days I'm going to throw the ball to Cooper. Throw the ball to Cooper. If, if he gets on the field, it's, all, it's Cooper all day long. So, you know, if you're if you have Cooper and no other Browns, you might root for the fact that this player gets to play. But, uh, yeah, I'm going to roll my Browns out there. I'm going to roll with this quarterback. Um, and that, yeah, that's what I have to say. about that. I think uh, I, DTR is interesting, um, for, like from a super flex perspective. I'm sure he's already been picked up. But if he if you do have uh, the opportunity to add him in an FFPC mm-hmm. Superflex League, he could be a very interesting second quarterback. You, you know, Big Noli over here is playing me this weekend, yes. and he refuses to lose. And and uh, most people that do play me head-on-head refuse to lose. But I, I find I find doing battle with Big Noli uh, vexing enough. I don't have to try these Superflex situations to, to, to get my challenge. But if you are, you should uh, – get this player on your team the Bick noli Farrell bowl underway here in mm. four in the ffpc i'd like to back. see his lineup uh, yes exactly uh jeff hallis the uh leader in the uh, ffpc main event after the uh, uh first week and uh seventh place current seventh place team in the ffpc main event is going to join us shortly the last thing i want to get to before we get to jeff and th- this is um a- a- another thing too that i think is you know, it, it, I'm always trying to get into like roster situations and start sits. And Ooh. I think a player that could stand to be a second flex if you wanted to roll with it, like maybe you got hit hard with Mike Williams or, or somebody else who's going to miss this week. Logan Thomas is no longer mm-hmm. on the week four injury report. He's mm-hmm. going to play against the Eagles. Now, he didn't play in week three after Kareem Jackson hit him with that hit in, in week two and then he missed with the concussion. In one and a half games, He's got six catches, 65 yards. I think um, that the commanders are going to have tough sledding, trying to utilize Gibson and Robinson out of the backfield. Jahan Dotson has been MIA for whatever reason this year. I don't know why. Hard to explain. Um, Samuel is, is there, but he's not a difference maker. It, I mean, Logan Thomas could be the number two target this week. Farrell, am I giving Logan Thomas too much love? Um, here, or is this guy actually viable for certain FFPC teams based on your construction that you could slide him in as a second flex this week? 
No, you shouldn't be playing Logan Thomas. Now, I, he, he, it's it's the true fool's gold of tight ends because when he's on, he is on, and he looks so good doing it. I mean, he's six foot six, two hundred fifty pounds. He catches the ball well. Everybody knows he can't stay healthy, but if you look at his situations, I mean, he's had. I don't know, Balky, is is either 2019 or 2020, but he's had one year. And the the rest of the time, he's missed time. But even when he's played, that that one year that he had, and he was an all-pro that year, but it was, was, you know, a a Goddard-like year. It was not not a breakthrough year like our top tight ends. Plus, uh, Washington's got two tight ends I really like. Both of them come from the – from the Mountain West, uh, uh, Bates is one of them, which is a, uh, you know, a good soft hands, good blocking tight end. The other guy, uh, hmm. Cole Turner. Yeah. Cole Turner from Nevada. Cole Turner is, is a hybrid player that needs space to perform in, but he can catch the ball and run with it. it I, and, and, you know, he's 32 years old. So how much play, is your 32-year-old off-injured tight end going to get in an offense that's got a lot of weapons that they're trying to develop? I I don't see it. I, I think we can uh, I think we can move on. There is a such thing as getting too cute, and Logan Thomas might be mm. too cute. That's what I'm for saying. week four lineups. Uh, Farrell, I, I think I'm with you on that one as well. Uh, let's uh, get to uh, the real expert of the program yeah. tonight. He led the FFPC main event after one week of play. He currently sits in seventh place overall in the FF, uh, FFPC main event as he chases that $1 million grand prize. Please welcome onto the show, making his HSFF hour debut, debut. Excuse me. It is Jeff Hallis. Jeff, welcome in, man. Thanks so much <laughs> for joining us tonight. What's up, guys? Hello, Jeff. How's it going? Good it's going. It. It's going well. It's going better now that we have a, a a guy with with some real true skin in the game at the top of the yeah. leaderboard here. Um, <laughs> now, was it? I, I I might have misspoke before. Were you leading the main event after week one or week two? Two. Week two. Okay. And it was the, it was Go the ahead. first time I looked. I didn't even think to look at the leaderboard or anything like that. And I was just like, oh, I want to see because I had a ton of points. And I looked and I was like, I was close. And then I had. Um, I think it was Watson on a Monday night, maybe. Mm-hmm. And I was inching and inching and inching. And finally, and I didn't start dimes and dimes got like 35 points. Right. And I was like, Damn, you know, I hate leaving points on the bench, but yeah, Watson was just like slowly creeping up, slowly creeping up, not doing anything, not doing anything. And I looked and I was like, wow, I'm in first. Holy shit. This is probably going <laughs> to and, <laughs> that's right. And, and, and so now, and I didn't look at your team now, did you have, cause we had some Bafo scores uh, yeah. in week three, this past week, Devonte Adams, uh, Keenan Allen, Devon, a chain, Raheem Mostert, all those guys. Did you have any of those guys in your lineup this week? Nope. And you're still in seventh place, which really is a testament to how strong your team is that you can weather that type of storm and still be ahead of thousands of other teams in this chase for a million. You got to be feeling pretty great. I mean, I, I know you'd much rather have, one of those 40 point scores in your lineup, but sure. seeing yourself in seventh place here, you got to be feeling pretty good about that, dude. I had a chain or a chain, however you're saying this. A chain, a chain, a chain, a chain. I had him on the bench. I, I didn't even think to. No one did. Well, you know what you say when you see that Mostert has like 28 points at halftime, you go, boy, I sure am glad I didn't start the other Dolphins running back. Boy, <laughs> I'm a genius. And then, you know, look at that. That's a, okay. This weekend. 
what's your plans for him this weekend? And what did you learn watching him run by a overheated, uh, beaten down Denver defense? Uh, I think I'm going to play him and just accept the outcome. That's what I think I'm going to do. I like that. (laughs) Yeah, Um, because if he repeated it, you'd have a hard time living with yourself. 20, yeah. 20 point performance, even if he did that, you know. Yeah. I had I had Montgomery on the bench last night too, and that was kind of sickening. Yeah. Um, Me too in a bunch of leagues. I, I remember that, it already. It like I, I would have like of my team, Mixon would have been on the bench just because of the matchup. And if if it was a healthy Montgomery, I mean he'd have been in there, no doubt. But like he's coming. He's coming back off of fibers, which doesn't sound serious, but you know how like the NFL goes and and it's a Thursday night and he's the one saying he'll be out for three weeks. It was like, I, I can't. I'm just yeah. not even gonna risk it. I'd rather take the points as opposed to him getting aggravating the injury on his second carry and you know. So you know, the the other thing too here, Jeff, is and I, I think this is you know, sort of a microcosm where we're at in fantasy football. I played Aaron Jones in a bunch of leagues last night when I found out he was active, uh-huh. expecting that he'd put up decent numbers. Not only did he not put up decent numbers, he was hardly on the field. Uh-huh. Uh, and then, two, I had plenty of uh, of um, the uh, David Montgomery on my squads. Didn't start him in any leagues because it, and it's so. And this is where we're at. Aaron Jones um, coming in as as questionable. He's active, coming off the the hamstring strain. And then David Montgomery coming in questionable um, with the uh, with the thigh bruise. He gets a career high in carries. Aaron Jones barely sees the field. Right. I, I don't I don't really know how we as fantasy players are supposed to like feel good or bad about whatever decisions we made on that. Right. Like, I, you, I, I don't know how to predict stuff like that. Right. And then you have Christian Watson, too. I mean, he's you know, he's out with the hamstring for the first three games of the season or the first two games of the season, whatever it was. And. He comes back and you're like, I just like, I mean, he's gonna run a he's gonna run a a post route and he's gonna re-injure the the hamstring. I mean, how do you even get him in? I mean, I'll tell you one thing. Like, I have other teams that are in the fantasy pros, uh, the fantasy pros leagues, and I like everywhere I had Montgomery there, I started them. Yeah, I have two main event teams and I didn't start in either one. <laughs> I mean, I just I, the nerves. I needed more time. Yeah, I left him off the right. team. I left him off the team, and I, I know I had like three phone calls between like six and seven thirty, and I, yeah. you know, long, drawn out conversations. If I hadn't got those phone calls, he would have been in my lineup. You know, you just sometimes you need a little more time to think about. It. Yeah, or not think at all and just put him in. <laughs> yeah, that's, <laughs> that's true. true. That's another good way of looking at it. Um, I, I don't know how long you thought about your 18th round pick in this league that that you're in seventh place overall. But you took Zach Moss there. Mm-hmm. Been a huge success for you this season. Is there any reason for you to think that he is not going to continue that success now that we will not have Gardner Minshew under center for Indianapolis? We're going to have uh, Anthony Richardson back under center. Do you think Moss keeps this up and he's a good start for FFPC players this week? Because I know there's some people that are kind of a little bit iffy about starting him now. Um, the I think I mean my my opinion is the only person that worries me is Taylor. I don't like I get the whole Anthony Richardson tush push and running quarterback and stuff like that, but he already has one concussion. I'm pretty sure he self-reported a concussion in week one. Um, and they said that he was fine and he got back on the field. I, I don't 
Steichen's pretty smart. I don't think – I think they're going to try to not Jalen Hurts him, you know. Mm-hmm. That, that's my opinion. I mean, when you have such a freak athlete like that, I mean, you, you want to because it's, you know. But I saw they tried to tush-push with him, and he didn't – he couldn't get in with it. I don't – like, I, I think everyone's going to try to mirror the Jalen Hurts thing and – I, there's only one Jalen Hurts. There's only, only one, one Jalen Hurts. Yeah. There's Not only, only do you wear your hat like Dave Turp, but you think <laughs> like him too. That's exactly what's going on there. I There's a lot of nonsensical stuff going on in the chat room now. Some of it we can't repeat. Some of it, I don't even know what the hell it means. All right, well, I'll you tell know, you. When we were, were you at Planet Hollywood, uh, Jeff? Yeah. You, you were playing Hollywood this year. You know, no. you got to come and play live. That's what the FFPC is all about. When you go yeah. to the Thursday night viewing party, it's the greatest thing in the world. But sometimes, like in our chat room, people will come in and say things that just don't make a whole hell of a lot of sense. And when you do that, you know, that's when I use, usually, you know, say, well, I try to get them to quit talking about fantasy football and start talking about bourbon or something like that. Or, you know, but the, the what guy came up to me and says, Nico Collins can't play. He's overrated. And, you know, I said, you've obviously used all your drink tickets. Is that what you've done? What's, what's, what's the situation with you? Um, and, but you let it pass. You, get it, you change the subject because you don't want to get in a conversation with someone like that. Now, you drafted Collins in the 10th round. Uh-huh. I tried to be too cheap. I was going to draft him in the 9th, and somebody got him at the end of the 8th. This was a player I was targeting. How much thought process? How much thought process? Not, not much. Did, did you put into Nico Collins? Because that disappoints me. Because I wanted you to tell me, no. oh, man, it, it was Nico Collins all the way. No, it, uh, no, I wanted Nico. I absolutely yeah. wanted Nico. I, Why? That's what I want to know. Why did you well, want He had 64 targets last year with uh, Davis. Limited play. Limited play. Yeah, I mean, 37 catches, 57 – I mean, some crazy stat that, like, I don't, 30 or 40% of the balls thrown to him were uncatchable. Mm-hmm. Stroud's accurate. Nico's 6'4", 215. He's not a great route runner, but, I mean – Getting better. Getting better. Yeah, I mean – Yeah, okay. I don't, there was no, I mean, to me, there was no question. They're going to have to throw the ball because they're not good. Well, I, just, I think they might be better than we think they are. I agree. I agree. And, no, you know, I think – I hear this word, league winner. I don't think any player is a league winner. But when I saw that you had this player in the 10th round, I think that's where you make a real difference. And I, I'm surprised that a player like this in his second year would be available in the 10th round. Again, it comes back to unproven rookie quarterback who's not so mm-hmm. unproven. Who's, who's you know playing better than I think any of us imagined that he would. Mm-hmm. I want to get back to the chat room here real quick because I actually oh. forgot about this. But ML was watching the High Stakes Fantasy Football Show last night with myself and Darren Armani, and somebody called in or somebody um, put on the chat like, "Hey, should I start Montgomery or these other guys?" And and we said, "Oh, you, you got to bench Montgomery. Like he was the yeah. one guy we didn't consider." And then yeah. I said, after I said, like, okay, you're going to sit Montgomery, I said, I ah, watch him run for 150 and three touchdowns. Well, he did get the three touchdowns last night, but only 141 yards. So I wasn't totally out. Nine yards off. Yeah, nine yards off. And let me tell you, I've been sick about it today. I thought I'd hear yeah. about it more, but yeah. people are kind. Usually people are kind to me, and it's been I've good so far. 
so me and my cousin have stakes and uh, I have six teams with him, six of the fantasy pro teams with him. And we have, I think we have Monty on one of them or whatever, but I have Monty in local leagues, like with friends and stuff like that, you know, and we just all day back and forth. Like I'm sick. I didn't start him. I'm so sick. I didn't start him. He's saying the same thing. I mean, all day, just what are you going to do? What are you going to do? I mean, that, that is fantasy. I always say that's fantasy. It, it, it happens. And, and you got to trust the process over the results. And, and yep. that's what we'll continue to do. Yep. Um, I want to ask you uh, your, about your backup wide receivers uh, on this team in seventh place. So mm-hmm. you got Calvin Austin, Rashad Bateman has already been ruled out this week. You got Van Jefferson, KJ Osborne, and Josh Reynolds. Which one of these guys do you think you have the highest hopes for going forward? And I want to frame this in, in, in the sense of some of these guys – may or may not be available in a fantasy pros or an FFPC main event league. Which one of these guys do, if they're out there in their league, would you tell an FFPC player, Hey, make sure you grab this guy out of those five. Reynolds, probably Reynolds. Why Reynolds? Because Jamison Williams is coming back this week. I'm not a believer. I mean, he's good. He's good. I just, can he stay on the field? He has one NFL catch. I, I don't, he, again, he's good. I'm not like I'm not taking away from the skill, but I just I don't know. I think he's going to have to earn targets. I don't think that if it's working with what they have with Amon Ra and Reynolds and Laporta and I don't. I'm not too. I'm not too scared of. I think <laughs> if you would ask me this in preseason, I would have said Rashad Bateman all day. Um, I didn't think Zay would come on like he did. And I mean, we know what Odell is. I mean, we had Zay. The, you know, the prophet was here. We had Zay penciled in for ninety catches. The prophet yeah. said so. Yeah, so, I mean, write that stuff down. The prophet. Yeah. Uh, the, prophet yeah. the, the prophet also said Mike Williams is likely to be injured. Oh. Uh, the, <laughs> <laughs> he has a huge following. The yeah. prophet, massive, uh, absolutely, and, massive. and so. When 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 the prophecy was fulfilled, as we realize now, we say goodbye to one of the most exciting players in the league. So now who steps up? Uh, is there any belief? And, and, you know, I saw Joshua Palmer all over the waiver wire, and I was mm-hmm. glad that I smart enough to draft him or fortunate enough to draft him this spring in, in best ball. Uh, is there any belief – that Gerald Everett can become the tight end that we think he ought to be. I I wanted him in the preseason. He was attached to a great quarterback and a good offense. Kellen Moore coming over there. You kind of got the Dalton Schultz vibes from him. I, I did at least. Um, when you was well, that a good vibe or a bad vibe? No, good. Vibe. I mean, because you good could vibe. get him too late. You know. Yeah. Okay. I got you. Um. I, I wanted him everywhere. It's like my second tight end because he was so cheap and why not? Um, but he's, you know, his snap percentage is, I don't, what is it? 50, around 50, 55%. I mean, like you can't, you can't live like that now. And, and you also have Parham who take, who, who gets red zone targets. I just, I don't know. It's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. I, I don't know. I, I still believe that, Herbert's going to want some sort of, I don't know, but want to be comfortable. And he's going to, like, I don't think, I think Quentin Johnson could emerge later. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think in the next couple weeks, I think he's going to want some familiarity. And 
I, I mean, in a in a pinch, in a desperate situation, I could I'd probably start Everett as my second. I could I could start Everett as, as like my second flex. I mean, if you have guys like I don't know, I'm just going to throw people out there like Traylon Burks or uh, KJ Osborne or whatever. I mean, you you can consider, in my opinion, you can consider Gerald Everett. I mean, you, you get one and a half points per reception too. I mean, it doesn't take it doesn't take him much to get there to get, to get 12 points, 10, 12 points. So not much upside, but two catches on two targets for four yards and two touchdowns this past week Parham. Uh, uh, for Parham and Everett's yeah. been kind of unfortunate in that, but if yeah. the chargers keep utilizing him in the, uh, in sure. the, uh, in the red zone like that, then we have another conversation to have. Um, right. Let's, let's go back to ML here uh, who has a question in the YouTube chat. Kadarius toning was dropped. Out of 337 main event leagues, he was dropped in 11 of them. If he is available in a main event league and you still have, you know, right around or roughly $1,000 left, how much would be reasonable to bid on Kadarius Tony if you only care about the upside of the players you're adding and not necessarily a low floor? How do you, how would you handle something like that, Jeff? Uh, with specifically this player? With Kadarius Tony, yes. If, if he's available. So you you are not a believer in Tony at all. No. Why I'm coming in with nine ninety eight, fellas. I'm coming in here. We, go, <laughs> this is, we have uh, we have prophesized that this player is the player uh, yeah. in Kansas City, and after you know he had a six for thirty five after we said that, and um, the uh, there dude. We've got we've got guys that must not be FFPC players in the chat room. <laughs> that's my cousin right there. That you just did. Is that Philip Kearns? Is your yeah? Cousin? That's my cousin. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know the family yeah. sticks together. We got a lot. Yeah. 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 The, uh, um, I like Rasheed Rice. I, I think Rasheed Rice is. Yeah. I think you should. You should. I think he's going to be the guy outside of Kelsey and McKinnon when he has his games. You know. Right. Yeah, that, that, that was my next question for you, Jeff. Like, are, are you just not a believer in any Kansas City receiver? Um, but it sounds like Rasheed Rice could be the guy down the road for you. Yeah, yeah. I just learned, I, you know, I've played fantasy football for a long time. You notice patterns and everyone wants to make a Kansas City wide receiver the next best thing. So they get caught up in Sky Moore and Kadarius Tony, And I do it too. I'm not, I'm guilty too. But I just he ha, he's talented as shit, but I mean like he can't stay on the field, and his I mean he's getting like one yard targets, like he's right. you know those bubble screens, and I just there's just not much, you know. Everyone when knows. the double digit weeks get here, the double digit receptions will for Tony. <laughs> I'm not I'm not doubting you. I just I I won't I won't I won't pay to find out. Let's put it like that. Well, technically, your your bid is in the ideal range, according to ML. The ideal range is one to nine hundred ninety-eight. So, so somewhere in there, you're at. Well, we answered the question. You're at the low end of the spectrum. I get it. I get it. Um, I have to ask you too, Jeff. Now you have three quarterbacks on this seventh place team: uh, uh, Stafford, Daniel Jones, and Deshaun Watson. Right now, what's that? Dumpster fire. Okay, well, I you say that, but I'm I, well. Let's get into this a little bit. So, I guess two part question here: You have Jones in as as yeah. your starting quarterback this week, which, by the way, I would be doing the same thing. I want to mm-hmm. get your thoughts on it. Um, and then number two, 
Um, why the three quarterbacks? Why is it important to have these all, all three of these guys on your team? Um, so when I took Watson, I was like, I need somebody else that's going to be somewhat reliable. And I don't know why I thought that would be Daniel Jones, but I did. Um, Daniel Jones had that first week and he was just God awful. I mean, I watched the game, you know, I think it was a primetime game if I'm not mistaken. And he was, I think that was that against Dallas, maybe, I don't know. It was bad, like bad. Um, that's why I didn't play him in week two. And then he goes off, scores 37 points. But regardless, I was looking at, I was looking at my team and I was like, okay, well, I'm going to have to kind of stream quarterbacks here because you can't trust, you can't trust Deshaun. There was no, it doesn't seem like he's taken, it's not old Deshaun. It's too, it's not 2019 Deshaun. Um, I just, I was like, and then I, I was looking at expected points. I don't know if it's a sticky stat or not, but I, I was looking at expected points on PFF and it, and Stafford had underperformed his ex, his expected points by a lot. And he's thrown the Puka cup potentially coming back Tutu, Higby. I mean, he has weapons and it's Matt Stafford. So I'm like, all right, well, at least I'll have another quarterback I can throw in the rotation to think about and potentially stream week by week because, you, you know, I, I don't have a top tier quarterback. I waited on the quarterback. So I try to get quarterbacks with upside with that, that have, that have wheels that can run. And I did that, but you know, that doesn't always work. So I picked up Stafford off of waivers and I was going to use them last week. And I, and I, last second, I was like, nah, I'm just, uh, let me stick with Watson and we'll give him one more week and see what happens. And thank God I did because Stafford was brutal and, and Cincy and, I think I don't I don't know what Deshaun got me maybe twenty two points or whatever mm -hmm. it was so yeah anyway long story short I just want the option if you know if any of them have a bad matchup they get rolled out I mean that's just what it is you know well the kid from UCLA is available too so you could add a fourth quarterback who's that uh, what's his name again uh, Thompson Dorian, Dorian Thompson from, Robinson from uh, yeah. from Cleveland yeah he's, yeah. He's, yeah. We'd given him big props while you were in the green room. Yeah. Um, well, besides your your trio of mighty quarterbacks, you may have some <laughs> other tough lineup decisions this weekend. Now, yeah. my, you know, it, it it's you, you can make mistakes sometimes when you've got a good team and you don't have any bye weeks and you don't have any injuries. Yeah, but. What are you trying to get accomplished? You know, I, I think I'll, I'll give you a couple. To run Josh Kelly out there again is difficult. To do anything with receivers that, that aren't Andrews or or, or Flowers at at, at uh, Baltimore is is difficult to me. What you know? What are you thinking about? What what's what's a problem for you this weekend? It already happened. I mean, it was, was that it, Montgomery. Yeah, it was, you guys going to relive that Montgomery stuff all again? We can't use that. We've already used that in right. the script. It's been I, written out of the script. I think Mixon is is a okay. Terrible, I agree with you. Hold terrible on. play this week. Terrible. Yeah. Um. Just me, but I hey, think he's terrible. 
And I'm, I'm, I'm looking at your roster here. I mean, obviously you can't play Montgomery, but I mean, I don't know who you would put in over Mixon at this right. point. Um, no. Yeah, it'd probably be Cooker Mon- or, or uh, Montgomery. It'd probably be Cooker Everett, right? And yeah. and you can't conceivably sit either of those guys for Mixon. Yeah, I think you just hope that Mixon gets double digits and say, "Hey, we'll, we'll take it against that if Tennessee rush." If he back. falls in the end zone and gets two, three catches, I'm I'm happy. Um, let's get to uh, a couple of emails here for you, uh, Jeff. Uh, George in New London, Connecticut. Oh, uh, this is interesting, uh, and we probably should have brought this up at the top of the show. He writes, "Is Debo Samuel going to go this week?" And and I think this is fascinating for a few reasons. Number one, Debo Samuel has not officially practiced at all this week he was doing i think sprinting on the side uh, of practice today he had the rib injury and the knee injury um he got in a limited practice today but and kyle shanahan actually kind of downplayed this at at the early part of this week but the niners are three and all the niners are playing the arizona cardinals at home um and this is a 425 game which obviously adds to the intrigue of what do you do with Debo Samuel? What is your gut telling you, Jeff Hallis? Do you think Samuel gives it a go this week? Yeah. No question. No question. He played through the rib injury last week. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and 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 the, the mispractice time, this does not worry you at all, even though, no, though it is a late game. Not with him. Okay. All right. Tough as nails, something to prove. That's the way the 49ers play. And we're going to see more of that through the league because these 49ers are all over the league. Mm-hmm, they're yeah. in Houston and they're in Miami and there's a little bit of them everywhere. And it's, I, I just, I, I love what it's doing to football. Foggy, uh, you got, you got emails? Or One more I, email. One more email. And it actually pertains to your Raiders, Farrell. Uh, Tom, Tom in Boston writes, and I didn't check the Jimmy Garoppolo injury report here, um, whether he's con- cleared concussion protocol yet, but Tom in he Boston wants to know, he has not cleared it. Okay. Tom in Boston, how do you feel about the Raiders this week if Jimmy G can't go? Thank you for watching and emailing Tom. I, I think, Jeff, before I get your take on this, I'm playing Adams no matter what. Farrell could be mm-hmm. tossing him the rock. Adams would still find a way to get seven catches for about a, a, a hundred yards. And he'd be my go-to guy. He'd be your go-to guy for sure. He'd be anybody's go-to guy. So you're playing him, obviously. I think it becomes a little bit more interesting with guys like, eh, maybe, maybe not Michael Mayer, but guys like Hunter Renfro, guys like Jacoby Myers. How do your thoughts change about um, uh, Aiden O'Connell throwing to these Raiders as opposed to Jimmy Garoppolo in starting these Raiders skill position guys? <laughs> I mean, you're never sitting Adams. Um, you're never sitting Jacobs. I mean, Jacoby might, I don't know, flex territory. Even with, o- even with O'Connell? I mean, I- mm. Well, I don't think Jeff knows a whole lot about Aiden O'Connell. I don't. Uh, yeah, that would be, you know, and, and he doesn't have to, nor should he. The yeah. pride of Purdue University. Yeah. Uh, the, 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 Jeff, just let me put it this way. The Raiders were able to go out and find a quarterback with less athleticism in the pocket than Garoppolo. Uh, the, the, uh, uh, he's a college quarterback with uh, – yeah. So I – but, you know, I, I don't – Let's just hope that Garoppolo plays. But I could tell you guys, so you don't have to turn back the clock too long to see what Jacobs did in the rushing game at the Chargers last year. Now, I know that's last year, 
But Jacobs is due to break out of this fight that he's in. And this would be the this would be the game would be where I expect some type of significant contribution, no matter who's at quarterback uh, from the Raider running back. I I'm kind of embarrassed. I don't know who he is, but I, I, I don't know who he is. <laughs> and, and and listen, you're not alone for sure on that. I wouldn't worry about it. And I, and I hope he proves me completely wrong because I really I always root for the young quarterback. Is it, I would have said Hoyer was their backup. <laughs> I mean, I don't know why, but um, isn't uh, isn't uh, no? Now I, I should ask that now because now I'm thinking like maybe I'm wrong on that. Is it O'Connell or is it Hoyer? No, um, I. You're probably right. I don't. Uh, no, you're right. It it is O'Connell. Oh wait, it says Adams noted Raiders two backup quarterbacks, two backup quarterbacks, Brian Hoyer and Aiden O'Connell. Oh, God. It's a coin flip. It's a coin flip. God, it's even worse. You're in it's trouble. Worse, either way, I guess. It's worse than I thought, people. It's worse yeah. than I thought. <laughs> I mean, generally when they're like, you know, you have to flip the coin between the two backups. I mean, you're not in, you're not in good shape. Jo- Josh McDaniels is going to do the Billy Martin where he just pulls the name out of the hat in the locker room before the game. Like, okay, right. you're QB1 today. Hey, Maurice Jenkins showed up. Yeah. Oh, is Bruce the in there? All right. There Bruce he is. is yeah. there. Absolutely. Yeah. We always love seeing Mo. Um, yeah. Farrell, I am fresh out of emails. One last question for Mr. Hallis tonight. All right. We're going to start keeping score of who comes with this because I, I the last couple of guests have been great guests, but they're faltering on this question. And I'm going to ask it differently than I've asked it in a while. So I want to know, Mr. Jeff Hallis, who is your heartbreaker and who will be the legend maker? They'll say Hallis was on and he told him to do that. Look what happened. <laughs> So I want a heartbreaker and a legend maker from Hallis. Uh Can I give uh, – It's a good damn name for football, by the way, Balky. I don't know if anyone's brought that up. You sure. know, with all your Lombardi and yeah. your Lambo and your this yeah. and your that. The well, is a pretty remember, damn good name for football. Here's, here's the thing, and not a lot of Packers fans will admit this. The Packers would not be in existence today if it wasn't for George Hallis and the Bears – coming through to keep the Packers solvent. Oh, Otherwise yeah. there would be no Packers. So yeah, yeah. That, I do hold, I do hold the Hallis name in, in high, as high a regard as I can as a Packers fan. <laughs> Eric, you're welcome. <laughs> Thank you. Absolutely. We appreciate it here in Wisconsin for sure. Uh, two, can I give you two? Yes, please. On, yeah. the, heart, on the heartbreakers. Yes. A Chan. Okay. He's going to break hearts. He's going to break my heart. <laughs> Um, that hold on, I gotta stop you. That might be the first time that Farrell that we've had somebody come out and say, I'll tell you what, you know, who's gonna break a lot of hearts is this guy, and, yeah. I'm, start- and I'm starting him. This one I'm starting. <laughs> 100%. <laughs> All right, go I'm sorry, go, go on, Jeff. I'm sorry, go ahead. I think, um, I would say, I don't know, I, just law of averages, mm-hmm. Eden Allen, yeah, oh, hell. Is he not going to throw a touchdown? What, what do you mean? How's he going to break your heart? He's – I just don't – I mean, and by heartbreaker, I mean he might score like 18 points. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's a disappointment at this point, you know? Oh, okay. Well, previously in the show, you might have taken a break then, but we discussed Williams no longer being available. I just want to point that out. We talked about it with Jeff. Yeah, we, we previously yeah. in the show. We right. I know full well because he's on this team. And- right. <laughs> he's not on his team anymore. <laughs> right. That's one of those things where I just I always feel I like before I cut like Nick Chubb or J.K. Dobbins or or Mike Williams or whatever. Oh. When I put in my waiver bids in KFFSC, I'm like, 
all right, am I sure he's out for the year? Like, do I really want it's it's always difficult to do. <laughs> yep. Always difficult to do it. You want to wait a week. Yeah. Any chance of coming back? Is yeah. there any chance of coming right. back? Maybe they just put him on there for four weeks. They come up with some <laughs> yeah. miracle treatment. He yeah. goes with Aaron Rodgers to Mexico yeah. for some weird yeah, doctor. Yeah, the ACL. I don't know. I never know. Yeah. Um, those are your heartbreakers. Yeah. Man. Legend makers. Legend maker. Who are the legend makers? This year? Or at least one legend maker this week. Steve Dunlap's a legend maker. He's your That's my cousin. I he's he's like he's like your press agent. I love him. He's, he's stirring it up. He's Steve done Dunlap. and he's I love he's, Steve Dunlap. He's Where does he live? Where does Dunlap stay? <laughs> we are, we're all in Pittsburgh. All I'm hitting the road okay. a little bit. I gotta yeah. I gotta find that kid. Dunlap. I'm sorry if he pissed you off. I'm no, sure. No, no, no. I love him. Not. I love the he Dunlap. Yeah. Farrell doesn't get it. Um, I think I think Brandon Cooks is so due. I mean, there's nothing really that would suggest that he's due, but he's Brandon. I mean, it's Brandon Cooks. He's not. I don't think he's washed yet. He's only 28. It seems like he's been around <laughs> the league for 10 years. But yeah. I mean, like, one of Boggy's favorites. I, I think I think Cook. I think it's going to be a Cooks week. I think they play New England. Yeah, in Dallas. I think. Bill's going to steam something up to shut Lamb down, maybe shut the run down. But I think Cooks I, – I, I would say Cooks. I think Cooks is going to have a good week. Cooks is interesting this week for sure. I mean, if he was ever going to do it, this would be a good week to do it here uh, for him. And Farrell's right. I mean, like I, the amount of Brandon Cooks and Tyler Lockett teams I've had over the oh. years would make anybody blush. Like yeah. two guys I feel like, all right, I guess I'm taking this guy again. And usually by and large – They've come through for me. They never Cook, disappoint. Cook's not so far this year, but you're right. I think he could be due. And let me tell you, Jeff, you might be due for a $1 million payday in the FFPC yeah. main event. Or maybe a couple of million dollar paydays as you're going hard in the Fantasy Pros Championship as well. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. Congratulations Absolutely. on the early season success. Best of luck to you. Hopefully the ball bounces your way the remainder of the season. Absolute delight. Thank you so much for joining us and enjoy your weekend, dude. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. You got it. Jeff Hallis, ladies and gentlemen, the seventh place team owner in the FFPC main event, heading in to week four, joining us on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour tonight. Uh, good dude. Good to hear from him and uh, his cousins just making the YouTube chat so I love those guys. I love his crew. I, it, I, he's I got really a good crew. He's got a good crew. crew. Uh, yeah, Mo, Mo is on board with the Cooks call. Maurice Jenkins yeah. says, let's go, Cooks. Let's go, yeah, well, Mo knows. Yeah, I mean, he's a little biased. But, uh, yeah, uh, Kern, too. I mean, he loves his Cowboys. He's on board. Uh, I want to see what those guys have to say after Ezekiel peels off 150 yards against them this weekend. Wouldn't that be fantastic? It, it, it would be interesting. That would be a legend maker. He'd be a heartbreaker and a legend maker, all rolled <laughs> in one. Be the same. Be the same. Uh, let's pound out a few starts or sets the last couple of minutes of the show here. Farrell. Okay. Um, Eli, Newark, Pennsylvania, Zach Ertz or Jake Ferguson? You know, uh, speaking of Cowboys, Jake Ferguson, um, Zach Ertz came out like he was really, really good the first couple weeks and it kind of surprised me. Came back down a, a little bit this past week. Um, uh, but when you look at uh, at the um, at the matchups this week, we already talked about Ferguson being at home, um, against the New England Patriots. That's his matchup. Zach Ertz is going to be on the road in the Bay Area taking on the Niners. I think I lean towards Ferguson here. What say you? I'm going with Ertz. I'm going to let the young quarterback 
find the tight end, uh, get the ball out quickly, and get it to him. So, yeah, Ertz, Ertz plays more like a slot receiver in this game. If he does, yeah, slam dunk start for him for sure. It could be a bop game. And, by the way, Maurice uh, – not Maurice uh, – Marquise Brown listed as questionable on the injury report too. There's a non-zero – I think he goes, but there's a non-zero chance he misses, which would make Ertz that uh, much more desirable for, um, for Dobbs in that offense. Yeah. Um, now, here's an interesting one, Farrell. Speaking of the Niners, uh, and this is who is this? Who wrote this here? This is um, Bill in Westerville, Ohio. He's got Joe Burrow, and he's got Brock Purdy, and he's in Ohio. So, can he sit his beloved Joe Burrow this week in favor of Brock Purdy against the Cardinals? Burrow um, taking on the Ravens? No, it's not the Ravens. No, they play the Browns. It's um, why am I missing this here? I don't know. Uh, Titans, Titans, I'm sorry. Joe Burrow is in Nashville to take on the Titans. Um, it's either him or it's Purdy at home against the Cardinals. Um, I am a weak man, but I think I might be strong enough to start Purdy over Burrow here until I see it from Burrow, and I saw a little bit last week, but I know he's still hobbled, um, and, and Purdy just has been Mr. Consistent so far. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've, I'm going with Purdy with all those weapons that he has in a game that, that should reward him with lots of scoring opportunities. Burrow, I believe in. If, if I didn't have such a great selection of quarterbacks there, I might be thinking something else. But, uh, you know, Burrow uh, is in a situation where he might have to leave the game during the game. That's one of the right. things that that um, – it could happen with that injury. So, uh, yeah, I, I, Purdy's an easy choice for me there. I think, uh, I, I think, um, you have to look at too, like, this is not for, for all the marbles or anything like that. You're trying to still up, pile up points in the meantime. And I think Purdy's a safer bet to pile up points for you, uh, this week than a hobbled Joe Burrow. This is an interesting one. Um, and it comes to us from our viewer, Matt in Amarillo, Texas. Brees Hall or Jalen Warren? Brees Hall at home against the Chiefs on Sunday night. Jalen Warren, who is at the Houston Texans. We already got it in the YouTube chat. Somebody said, um, and and I beg your pardon, I I forgot uh, who it was. Um, But he said, can I trust Najee Harris this week? I said, I can't. Um, But Jalen Warren is a little bit interesting when you're talking about a stagnated New York Jets rushing attack here, Farrell. Who would you play? Brees Hall or Jalen Warren? I'm going to play Brees Hall on the fact that I can count on Brees Hall to reel off an 83-yarder or 46-yarder like he's already done this year. Yes, he has. And that's that's what I want to do. Where I Jalen Warren's going to split carries with the guy that I haven't figured out if they want who they want to be the running back. You know, it looks like Warren. Uh, I steered clear of both those guys in that situation. I'm proud I did, and I like I like watching everybody else have to figure it out. But in, in this case, Brees Hall uh, would be my guy. That offense has to work somehow. That quarterback has to get some help. It's going to come from Hall in a variety of ways. He's going to have the opportunity to deliver. I'm going to go with Hall. I, uh, I want to go to the YouTube chat right now. James Byers is in there hanging out. Uh, he's got a question. Do I start um, Puka Nakua or Brandon Ayuk? Puka Nakua is at Indianapolis. Brandon Ayuk is at home against the Cardinals. John Terry, who has won a ton of money in the FFPC, weighed in. He said, "IU at the risk of damaging uh, my reputation and James Byers' fantasy team, 
I'm still going to go with Nakua here, Farrell. Who would you start, Nakua? Yeah, I'm going to go with Nakua as well. There's too much vibe going on in that situation of making Nakua work. I'm, I'm surprised he didn't catch some balls in the last outing that he possibly could have. Um, yeah, I very much like that player. Now, Ayuka is one of my favorite players in the league. But if we were one week away from this and I saw that he was completely healthy and not on a snap count, then, you know, I might uh, agree with John Terry. Uh, but, you know, look, if those are your if, – if that's your last receiver, you should really just go ahead and get in touch with a financial manager and a tax man and start discussing what you're going to do with the million dollars. You know, I if that if that's your if, – if you don't have anybody else to sit with those guys, don't be bothering us with that. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh... John Terry saying that Debo is going to sit. So I, I think if, if you think Samuel sits, then that, that might make a, a difference. We just heard from Jeff Hallis. He thinks that, uh, that Samuel is going to play. I'm of the belief that he probably will too, but non-zero chance of anything. So I think there's another too. question about who you should. I just said that though. So I think everybody understood what I said. Um, he also has uh, Stefan Diggs and CeeDee Lamb as James Byer. So yeah, he <laughs> should start spending that. Yeah, just, you know, start spending the money. <laughs> start you know, reinvesting you know it. if you want a ferrari you have to order it if, if you want one now a new one you have to order it now to get it to 2026 really yeah that's oh that's, my god yeah. it's insane they sold out and it you know just fantastic i don't yeah. own a ferrari yeah but I, I, I every year i buy a few shares of stock in the company and that's how i know these things i uh i i don't own a ferrari either but uh I probably won't own one in, in 2026 either because I'm not ordering one today for sure. Yeah. Um, last one. This is kind of an interesting one too here, Farrell. This comes from um, Glenn in Greenville, South Carolina. Uh, he's got a wide receiver question. Tank Dell or DeAndre Hopkins? Tank Dell, obviously we already talked about it. He's at home against the Steelers. Uh, Hopkins is going to be at home against the Bengals. If you can only pick one, would you play Dell over Hopkins? I think I would, even though Burks is probably going to be out this. Actually, Burks is already out this week. Um, Burks, so I'm, yeah. I'm still going to play Dell over Hopkins. When Burks was active, he was catching two passes a game. It was very impressive. Call up, uh, 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 call up Dave Turp and let him know. By the way, uh, he the the tar most targeted receiver, uh, Robert Woods. Uh, he, just just saying that, Turp. Really? Okay. Yeah. All right. So here's what we want to talk about. Um, Hopkins will catch everything that is thrown his way when it is accurate and on time. It's been neither. He and Tannehill don't look like they've ever been on the football field together. I have to go to a lot of college all-star games, and sometimes you see a star quarterback and you see a star receiver, and they cannot mesh. And that's what this looks like. And in – when you begin to look at what's going on at Houston, it's a very, very dangerous team in that division. Nico Collins, who we we talked about tonight, had a game where he did like 156 yards, mm -hmm. 146 yards. The next week, Dell came back, did the same thing with a touchdown. Hopkins was not anywhere near getting a 150-yard game, especially with this matchup that they have this weekend. This is one of the easiest questions. It's Dell all day long. And um, we're going to there's there's going to be a time in the in the near future 
that people are going to be scrambling to get more of these Texans uh, on their roster, perhaps including the tight end. Mm -hmm. So I, I just, um, I think that's an easy one. And I congratulate the guys that, that were with foresight, took as many Texans as they could, especially in, including Tank Dell in the, uh, in the draft at Planet Hollywood. Yeah. It's smart. I wish I had more shares of Dell. I think it continues. And, and yeah, I mean, I always say, like, like I'm a weak man, but I think I am strong enough to start Dell over Hopkins this week. So hopefully that helps you out, Glenn, in Greenville, South Carolina. That will complete our show tonight. Farrell, so much uh, fun with you tonight. So much fun with Jeff Hallis as well. I uh, appreciate you hopping aboard and co-hosting once again. It's the highlight of my Friday nights, man. I will uh, do this again with you next week at 10 o'clock Eastern. Be good and enjoy week four. See you, buddy. Farrell Elliott, the definitive commissioner of fantasy football, joining us on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour tonight. Want to thank Farrell. Want to thank Jeff Hallis, the FFPC, Rob Bryce, and, of course, each and every one of you. We will be back next Friday at 10 o'clock Eastern time. Uh, in case you missed it, Tuesday's High Stakes, uh, Rotoviz High Stakes Lowdown uh, went live, and you could still watch that on the FFPC social channels. We had Week 2 Fantasy Pros Championship second-place team owner Chris Kennison on. Show is going to be back this coming Tuesday night at 10 p.m. Eastern time with longtime FFPC players and league champs Chris Hart and Toby Bielkini. Uh, those guys will be my guests on Tuesday night. In case you missed it, last night's High Stakes Fantasy Football Show with my fantastic, sarcastic David Montgomery call that was this close to being right. It was on the Better Sports Network. You can rewatch it at uh, bettersports.com or any of the Better Sports or FFPC socials. Uh, Fantasy Mojo's Darren Armani was my guest for the full two hours. Uh, a lot of good stuff in there for week four. This coming Thursday at 7 o'clock, I'll be live again uh, on bettersports.com, all the FFPC and Better Sports channels with the Deep End Fantasy Football Podcast co-host and WGR 550 Sports Talk radio host in Buffalo, New York, Mike Shope is going to join me uh, as my co-host that evening as well. Remember to go to myffpc.com, myffpc.com, myffpc.com to play in the FFPC Weekly Challenge No Draft or Salary Cap. Pick your 10 players or 12 players if you want to play with kickers and defenses. Before Sunday's kickoff, watch them ride throughout the weekend's games, and you can cash as much as $2,500. Only one player per team. You can play in a 10-team, 30-team, or 100-team format. $35 to enter, $200 to enter. We have the si contest size for you. We have the contest budget for you. Uh, that's at myffpc.com. Remember to like this video, subscribe to the channel, comment on it, share it with your friends and enemies, and get notified every time we go live. Special programming reminder, 9.30. Well, not a programming reminder, but get your lineups in Saturday night or early Sunday morning, 9.30 a.m. kickoff uh, between the Falcons and Jaguars from Jolly Old London Town. So make sure you're getting your lineups in early. Uh, that is going to do it, everybody. Thanks so much for watching. Your weekend officially starts now. This has been another episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com. It was broadcast live and was watched around the world. Balky and Farrell will be back next week with more analysis, more interviews, and more advice from guests much smarter than they are. Thanks for watching, and we'll talk with you again next week.
One other thing I did forget to mention with that 9.30 a.m. kickoff, the waivers get processed Sunday morning at 10 a.m. Eastern. There is not an early waiver process. So if you have a Falcon or a Jaguar that you are going to pick up and you plan on starting them, you will not be able to pick up and start them this week. You'll be able to pick them up, but you wouldn't be able to start them until week five. So make sure when you do get your waivers set for that Sunday morning run that you uh, uh, have um, all all your either all your your starting lineup all set, your contingency set, or if you do need to pick up somebody, they are not to, to potentially play in week four. They are not Falcons or Jaguars. Just a friendly neighborhood reminder from your friendly neighborhood bulk man. Enjoy your weekend, everybody. Thanks for watching. We'll talk with you on Tuesday night on the road of his high stakes load. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.